goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the third day, Thursday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here. On WABC Talk Radio 77. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. Thursday means it is Andrew Giuliani Day. When Andrew gives us a call, we will uh, commence to have a chat with him. I just found out that Andrew's going to be speaking tonight at an event that I plan to... I actually had planned to open the show with it. But since Andrew's going to be speaking there, I'm going to wait because we have other things that are equally pressing in the news. Uh, first of all, for those of you who uh, vote for Donald Trump, you have been insulted yet again. This happens on a daily basis if you read the mainstream newspapers or look at mainstream media outlets. But this one comes from a guy that some of you, some of us, voted for. Some of us, albeit, with our hands, squeezing our nose shut as we pull the lever for him. And that would be the current senator, one of the senators, from Utah. Mitt Romney. Rhymes with Romney. Mitt Hominy, Romney, Pierre Delectus, as he's known on social media, Pierre Delectus, slammed those of you who vote for Donald Trump. He says that you, you supporters of Donald Trump, those of you who dare choose Donald Trump to vote for, you are out of touch. And you don't seem to care that a judge concluded that Donald Trump raped a woman. So the guy that puts his dog on top of his uh, car and travels where and where, who bullied people when he was a kid in school, and we all defended him. This is such nonsense. He's going to take the word of a liberal judge and say, oh, you people don't care that Donald Trump raped a woman. Allegedly. Alleged. It is what is alleged. And there has been no proof ever posited anywhere that it really happened. Zero proof. But Mitt Romney, you had a jury that said Donald Trump raped a woman. Actually, the jury found inconclusive on that, if my memory serves me right. They did not find that. Now, Pierre Delectus may want that to happen because he's been insane ever since Donald Trump said he got on his knees. We all know what that meant back in the day. And he and, and he's and Donald Trump has been living rent-free in his brain ever since he dispatched Mitt Romney. So Mitt Romney is out again. The guy who couldn't beat Obama. Instead of aiming his hatred at Donald Trump, 
this Republican who asked you for your vote, who many of you supported despite the fact that he was an establishment candidate that does not always support the things that you believe in, this guy sees fit to just come and insult you. You're out of touch. You don't care with this false claim. There are things that are, some of them, mildly affecting New Yorkers. One of them, if you use DoorDash, I don't know whether you've ever used DoorDash or not, but if you use DoorDash, get ready to pay more money. You know why? Simple. I read the story. I read the story for you. That's what I do. I read the story. Hear the story. That's a little ebonic. I read the story. What the problem is? I'll tell you what the problem is. DoorDash is raising its delivery fees for customers in New York to offset higher minimum wages in the Big Apple. What the problem is? The problem is that they raised the minimum wage and somebody's got to pay for it. You. That happens every time, by the way. Insiders. Insiders at DoorDash. They are a select group of high rollers. Insiders said the firm is likely to add an extra $2 charge onto orders after New York City legislation forced food delivery apps to implement a new minimum wage of $17.96 per hour for its drivers. Now think about that. It might take them 15 minutes to go and grab your order and bring it to you, but you have to pay the 17 You have to pay for the hike. They could do two or three orders if they're really swifty, but you're going to pay. And don't care because everything else is going up anyway, so it doesn't matter. You're just going to be more, more money. That will be on top of the prices, raises, that have been already raised for food itself. And I have another story about that. Which for an average order will be around another $2, meaning you're going to be paying an extra $4. $4, man. You got to pay $4, man. You are going to pay an extra $4, and there are about 300,000 of you out here in New York that use DoorDash. Higher fees are coming within weeks. You want that minimum wage raised? Okay, you pay for it. Want to raise it again? Go ahead. There is a guest essay in the old gray lady today, the New York Times. Headline, and by the way, it's written by Paul Donovan, the chief economist of UBS Global Wealth Management. These people know money. They're into wealth. They manage wealth. Why are voters so upset, Mr. Donovan asked. New York Times, consider the Snickers bar. The Snickers bar, yes. The United States has just experienced one of the biggest collapses in consumer inflation in modern history. 
That's how he starts. Inflation has collapsed. Hmm. In June 2022, consumer prices had risen 9.1% over the previous year. By December 2023, the rate of increase had slowed to 3.4%. Now, let me dissect that sentence because that is very interesting. They are say, The premise is that inflation collapsed. The year before, inflation went up 9.1%. And by December, it only went up another 3.4%. Well, it's not a savings. If you add the numbers together, you get the total inflation. So, in reality, inflation went up 12.4%. But you are supposed to feel good because last year it only went up a little bit as compared to the year before. Why aren't voters recognizing the decline of the inflation rate? Because, the author declares, Voters are humans, and humans don't think about inflation rationally. In other words, here's someone else telling you, you're stupid. Like Mitt. Oh, you vote for Trump, you're stupid. You don't care that he raped a woman, allegedly. Here's this guy, Mr. Donovan. Inflation slowed up last year, still went up. But you, you stupid people out there, you're too stupid to figure out that inflation slowed down and therefore you should be cutting Joe Biden a break. You should stop all this talk about the economy. Because, yeah, 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 prices are still going up, but they're going up slower than they did the year before. And you people are too stupid to think about this rationally. He says, to understand why you people are so stupid and irrational, I'm saying that, let's look at the Snickers bar. More than 12 Snickers bars are sold every second in the United States. That's a good business. That makes Snickers bars a very important part of consumer purchases. And so the price of a Snickers bar should be included in the inflation calculation. Yet, Snickers bars do not consume a big portion of most families' annual budget. At least they usually don't. Most of us will spend far more on our budget for something like a television. With $1,500, a consumer could buy a high-end 55-inch TV or almost four Snickers bars a day for a year. Because items in the consumer price basket are weighted roughly by how much consumers spend on that item in a year, television prices are more important than Snickers bars in the calculation of inflation. However, however, we probably buy a Snickers bar much more frequently, perhaps even daily. So we are even daily. So we are re- likely to remember the price of the Snickers bar and forget the price of the TV. Consumers tend to think only about the prices of high frequency purchases: food for the family, fuel for the SUV. The different inflation rates for infrequent and frequent purchases is a big part of why consumers mistakenly believe 
Inflation is higher than it actually is. And he goes on and on. This is all to defend Joe Biden. Now, let me just get this straight. People are not stupid, despite what you wealth managers on Wall Street may want to think. They are not irrational. They do exactly what you said they do. They go to the supermarket. They buy stuff. And they do know what stuff costs. And when all of a sudden, not only are they seeing the stuff that they buy cost more, but they also see it change and go into smaller packages while at the same time the price goes up. These people that you call irrational, that you call stupid, in other words, they're not so stupid after all. And they don't care that it only went up 3.1% last year. It still went up, damn it. And they know it went up. And they're not fiddling around the margins like you are looking for an excuse to praise Joe Biden for raising prices only a little bit. They know that during Joe Biden's term in office, prices have skyrocketed. And every time they go in the grocery store, every time they go to shop for some clothes, unless you're using Timu or, or what's the other one, Shine, these sites that have opened up from China, they're selling everything like below market. Unless people are shopping there, they know what stuff costs. They know they're paying more. And so it is not irrationality that is leading people to believe that things are tight out there. They know how much they get paid every two weeks or as the eagle flies. They know how much their Social Security checks come in for. They know how much their welfare checks come in for. They know how much their EBT cards come in for. They know how much money they make on their GoFundMe campaigns. People are not stupid. They're not irrational. What the problem is? I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is people are paying more for stuff. And you guys, with your fancy words and your fancy way of looking at the world, trying to bamboozle people, well, you know, these people are irrational. They don't understand that inflation rose at a slower rate last year. They're not stupid. They get it. And the reason that Joe Biden is going to get it is because they get it. Why are we playing this, Rich? Uh, David Crosby died on this day in 2023. Last year, he was 81 years old. Wow. This is Marrakesh. You know what? Another, somebody else. There was another Dallas Taylor. The, the, um, Dallas Taylor, the exactly. Drummer. He died 2015, age 66. Same day. Yeah, from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Debut was on their debut album. Right. He was their drummer. Yeah. WABC Talk Radio 77, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. You're going to pay more for your DoorDash. You're paying more for your food. You're going to pay more for everything. But don't worry, you're irrational. We'll catch up with you in a bit.
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Twenty sixteen. Eggles guitarist. Right? The Eggles. The Eagles guitarist. Glenn Fry passed away at the age of 67 in New York. He had complications from rheumatoid arthritis. Co-founder of the Eagles in 71 with Don Henley. Bernie um, and, and Randy Meisner. I, you know what? I forgot that Randy Meisner was part of the original. That's right. He died last year, right? Yeah. And he, this one is one of his, The Heat Is On, which, of course, was from... What movie? Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. The number one. Yeah. Back in the day. All right. Andrew Giuliani is here with us. Andrew, how are you? James, always great to be on with you, my friend. I am looking forward tonight to actually in a few short hours here going to the Moms for Liberty event here in Manhattan, which is uh, which has drawn a lot of criticism from the so-called liberals. You know, I, I always was taught that uh, liberals were the uh, people that believed in free thought and free ideas and being able to uh, talk about ideas that might have even challenged you, you disagreed with. Um, But for some reason, whenever these liberals do not agree with what the content is being said in these town halls, then they just shut them down. It seems to be very illiberal to me. Well, I'm telling you what, I am beyond annoyed at some of the rhetoric that these liberals are making, they plan to protest. One of the things that they are saying, and this is a big effort to protest this town hall, the borough president of Queens is out in full force. He's saying that the group Moms for Liberty has, this is, I'm sorry, the borough president of Manhattan, Mark Levine, he's saying that the group Moms for Liberty has waged war around the country against LGBTQ curricula and the teaching of history of racism in America. Number one, that is a flat out lie. They have not said don't teach history. What they said was, and it gets into what exactly is being taught in place of history. And let me address this business about being against a LGBTQ. He said they have pushed to ban books. They have harassed teachers and librarians. Yes, they have pushed to ban books that explicitly, for young kids, give illustrations of oral copulation and that talk in pornographic terms about gay sex to young children. And if it was straight sex in these books to young children, they'd be against that too because there is no place for these teachers trying to groom and librarians trying to groom America's children using the classroom to wage their own ideological war against morality 
by using the classroom. And you're damn right someone finally stood up and said something about it. And most of us in this country who happen not to want our children sexualized from age three all the way up are glad that somebody is finally taking the mail and say, why are you showing these kids pornography in school? What is the purpose of it? That's number one. And then they start talking about that there's hatred and bigotry in New York. I'm going to tell you what the real hatred is. The hatred that we see on display in New York's educational system is letting over 200 schools fail year after year after year that mostly serve black and Hispanic children. And you don't care what happens to those children. You don't care if they come out of school without an education. You don't care if they are on a pipeline to go to jail. You don't care if they don't know how to read or write. Year after year, you liberals sit on your asses and you watch these children. You watch them squander their lives in these public schools, and you are dead set against allowing their parents to have a choice of where they go to school. Yeah, there's racism, and you are the racist that continue to allow it. So I'm glad, Andrew, that you're going there, and I'm sorry to have to go off like this, but this one really ticked me off, and I'm glad you're speaking there. No, no, look, I, I, you, they, I couldn't have said any better. I'm actually taking some notes right now because I'm going to be quoting the great James Golden here during my speech, having listened to that right there, because it's absolutely dead on. And I would just look at it this way. I mean, you can see just how bought and paid for so many of these leftist politicians are by the fact that they're going out and they're protesting a group like Moms for Liberty that wants to go into many of these areas, right? The, the areas that will benefit the most or the minority areas from these programs, because guess what? I was blessed enough to have parents that had the means to be able to send me to Catholic school because the public school was not up to snuff, and they wanted me to get a Catholic education. But if, if you don't have the means to be able to do that, you need other options. You need more choices. And look at a group like Moms for Liberty. They just, I think they just announced yesterday, the day before, that they're actually starting a charter school. They're funding a charter school in South Carolina. And this is one of the pilot programs that they're working on to introduce more schools into some of these areas that need it the most. And whenever you hear about the book ban, I like to point it out this way. You know, I grew up in the neighborhood where this meeting is going to be tonight. And I know there are about three or four movie theaters within about a mile radius there. Whenever I was a kid and I went to the movie theater, guess what? My parents would ask me. They'd say, uh, well, what rating is that movie? Is that a rated R movie? Up, oh, that's not appropriate for you, Andrew. Is that a PG-13 movie? Well, maybe that is appropriate. Maybe not. I don't know. Let's see what the con- a PG, a G. A rated X movie, because that's exactly what this is when you look at these books. You should absolutely have appropriate age ratings for these, and you're 100% right. This has nothing to do with homosexuality or heterosexuality. This has everything to do with the fact that six- and seven-year-olds should not be learning sex from a book, from a gross book that the state is pushing around parents. Andrew, we have to take a break. I'm going to ask you to hold on for one more section because I want to talk about what's going on in Georgia when we get back. Okay? Andrew Giuliani is here. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. I know the song, Rich, is Caribbean Queen. That's right. What's up with that? Uh, Hang on. Let me tell you what's up with that. Yeah. 
That is, this is for uh, Keith Diamond, who died on this day in 1997. He was a producer, and he wrote, I think he wrote Caribbean Queen. Yes, he did, wrote for also Donna Summer, James Ingram, Sheena Easton, Michael Bolton, the whole gang. Boom. He also wrote Suddenly for Billy Ocean. That was a huge hit. Yeah, that was a huge hit. Not my favorite, though. Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car. I love that one. I'm feeling you on that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> WABC Talk Radio 77. Boston Only Rush Hour here. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. Coming back with you in just a moment. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day in 1989, Steve Land Morris, Stevie Wonder, just 38 years old, became the youngest living person to be inducted into the Rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It happened here in New York. The Stones were there. They were inducted. Temptations, Otis Redding. But Stevie, 38 years old, youngest living person inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on this day in 1989. You know, Andrew Giuliani is here. Andrew is going to speak at Moms for Liberty. And I I went off on it. And I'm just, let let me just say one other thing. Because I'm, I am, this really has me, has my blood pressure up, and I am incensed that these liberal Democrats dare to say that what is taking place tonight is racist, that is against anybody, that is against LGBTQ people at all. I'm going to say this one more time. There is racism here. The racism is on the part of those Democrats who for over 50 years, have watched black students that go to public schools in New York fail. They know these kid. They know these schools are failing. I have been to some of these schools. You try to speak. These teachers are not protected in these schools. These kids run amok in some of these schools with all kind of behavior problems that are never addressed because these liberals don't have the guts to make kids behave themselves or to suffer serious consequences. These kids are allowed to fail. They're allowed to enter the world illiterate, and their lives go downhill from there. It is abuse, and they don't care what the parents think. They don't like the parents to have any freedom to choose. And what did you get? You didn't get some group from Congress, which should have happened, stepping in and saying, this has to change. You got a bunch of grassroots people volunteers who got together and say, we have to change what is going on because it is killing American children. And how dare these evil, twisted Democrats try to disparage this group for trying to do good work and see that children in America actually have a fighting chance to succeed and make something of their lives. You Democrats are racist. You are vile evil, hypocritical, racist, the way that you treat 
black and Hispanic children, especially in public schools, and you don't care about their future, you don't care what happens to this country, because these kids are ill-equipped, how dare you? You're the one that needs to be protested against and driven from office. Andrew, if there is anything, please, if there is anything I can do to help Moms of Liberty get their message out, please let them know they have a huge supporter in me. Oh, I I absolutely will. And I got to tell you, one of the points you made, everything you said there is absolutely dead on. But one point I think is so in particular is that this group did not come from government. That's why they're as effective as they are. This was a grassroots group that really rose out of basically the deficiencies of the public schools that parents found out during the pandemic when their kids were at home. They first looked at the curriculum and said, wait a second, this is what our kids are learning. And then they said, okay, well, our kids are going to get back to school next week. Uh, No, our kids are going to get back to school next month. Oh, wait a second, it's not going to be this year. Oh, wait a second, we're a year out. They're still not getting back to school. Oh, wait a second, they have to wear masks, even though that's not been uh, scientifically proven to stop anything in these kids. So it was all these things that added up, and they just realized, I think a lot of parents just realized, that sadly the government is so beholden These Democratic politicians are so beholden to the teachers union because they know that, hey, look, we got to pay these people off in the budget because then they're going to get on out and vote for us in November. And God forbid parents had more choice, had more options, whether it's more oversight over the curriculum, more transparency over the curriculum, which is what Moms for Liberty pushes for, or whether it's more options with regards to school choice and pushing stuff like universal vouchers. So that way parents could actually have the tax dollars to be able to take to the school that's actually filling, that's actually doing the best jobs and creating competition. So that's why groups like this are so important. And the fact that they are not a government group, I think, is one of the main reasons why they are succeeding and why they're such a big threat, why you're seeing these Democratic politicians uh, like the Manhattan Borough president, like the uh, like the public advocate out there that's looking to ban them, that's trying to say, no, no, they're not allowed to speak in Manhattan versus saying, hey, you know what, let's actually have a debate with these, uh, with this with this group. I have this feeling. You have this feeling. Let's get out there and let's have the better ideas win. No, they know that their ideas, the Moms for Liberty's ideas, are far better because Moms for Liberty and groups like this, it's not just them. There are other groups, American Federation for Children that are out there that actually are looking and saying, you know what, we're going to stand up and fight for our kids to have the best education they possibly can, not just for the teachers' union. Today, in the Washington Post, there's a story that the White House is urging schools to address absenteeism amid troubling data because since COVID, many kids have not returned to school due to their policies. Okay? There's another story today. Michigan School Board approves many ceasefire resolution. Here you have Ann Arbor, Michigan. Instead of resolving to make sure that every kid comes out of school educated with a non-ideological education, they're here worrying about what's going on, making resolutions about foreign policy, which they have zero impact on. Why not resolve to teach America's children? But this is how distorted these schools are into politics. Now, let me quickly turn to Georgia. A judge in Georgia has decided this is about Fanny's Fanny has decided they got to look at Fannie's Fanny, as troubling as that thought is, and they have to determine that whether um, these misconduct claims about the guy boinking Fannie's Fanny 
are, are, are true. And so we're about to find out how hot Fanny's Fanny really is, whether Fanny's been wagging that Fanny where she shouldn't have been wagging that Fanny, and what's it going to cost her to shake that Fanny up with this prosecutor that she hired for big bucks. You know, there's a name for people, but I'm not going to get into that because that gets really ugly. But when you start mixing money and fannies, like I'm paying you big bucks, and big bucks, and you better take care of my fanny, that sounds a little bit suspicious to me. So there's a court. Anyway, Andrew, let me get myself out of trouble here and let you handle this, okay? Oh, well, thanks for handing me the hot potato or the hot fanny, I guess you could say. Or, <laughs> I'm handing you the hot fanny. <laughs> I think you might have said fanny more than at Davos. They said New World Order, as a matter of fact. So congratulations on topping them on their record right there. Um, but i, I got to tell you, in, in this, in terms of what this is going to be, first off, I was disappointed that the governor didn't actually look into an ethics investigation. He kind of punted on this, and he decided to actually punt this to the judge here on this, which I was disappointed in, but it's not the first time I've been disappointed in in Brian Kemp on this. But I certainly hope the judge actually makes the facts of this thing and, and makes the district attorney present the actual facts of, A, the money that was actually paid to all three of these special prosecutors that she ultimately ended up talking about that she utilized in there, what their roles were, and if she had a personal relationship with the other two. Because the other day when she invoked God when she was at the church in claiming that there was racism in this decision, she kind of said, well, wait a second, there's a white male, a white female, and a black man, and they're only going after the black man. Well, I want to know, Fanny, did you actually sleep with the white male or the white female? Because if you did, then we need to investigate the fact that you're giving money to them. But no. Well, we need to investigate that Fanny is being spent. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute. Not only investigate whether the money, we have to trail the Fanny there. If that Fanny's being spread in all these kind of ways, what the hell is going on? The devil deep down in Georgia must be doing something's going on down there in Georgia that we need to know about. And look, I hope a, that's not the case, Andrew. <laughs> I hope not. But as you've pointed out here, James, look, this is a very, very simple case of follow the money here, right? Did Fannie Willis actually direct money to a special prosecutor who he, she was having an inappropriate relationship with, which got funneled then back to Fannie Willis through vacations, through paying, playing for luxury goods and all that? That's a very, very and don't forget trail. and don't and, and, and hey, 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 it's more than just luxury playing vacation. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some other things going on here, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, let's just be frank. You don't just go on vacation. I mean, were they staying in separate rooms or what? I mean, we need to we need to get to the bottom of this, Fanny. We need to find Fanny. out. <laughs> Maybe Fanny's argument is she was being fiscally responsible with the federal tax dollars that got funneled back to her because they only stayed in one room instead of two rooms. Maybe that's her defense. Who knows, James? I don't think that's the case, though. I don't think that's probably a good defense. That's just my recommendation to her. Thank you. Andrew, it is always a treat, my friend. I always, would love, again, always, please. James. I'm going to take my Andrew, Fanny you... and, and walk off the air right now. So, <laughs> Well, thank you. And, and, and you take your Fanny, and, and, but tonight, do me a favor, please. Yes. If you can, have somebody shoot video of you and send it to us. Have some, Andrew, please, please come back on tomorrow for a minute and just tell us how it went at Moms for Absolutely. Liberty, okay? Absolutely. Okay. My pleasure. Be happy to do it. 
Thank you, Andrew. Andrew Giuliani, ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Snurley. We're going to check in with Lou Dobbs a little bit early, so we have time for your phone calls here. Diego came in the house. Rich started the show. Yeah, I was very confused as to what he played and what he didn't play, so I just screamed, hey, Rich, out in the hallway to see <laughs> if you played this yet or not. No, we didn't. Tell us why you're playing it. I'm playing it because today, born in music, 1958, was uh, Tom Bailey, English singer, songwriter, and musician, who, with the Thompson Twins, had the 1984 UK number two single, You Take Me Up, and the 1984 UK number three single, Hold Me Now, which is what you're hearing right now. Other hits include Thank the 1980s, you, yeah. uh, Love on Your Side, We Are Detective, and Dr. Doctor. Dr. Doctor. All right. And Can't Dr. Feelgood is... Yeah. Diego, you, you, you clean up really well, man. You came in here looking like you were getting ready to star in Pulp Fiction or something. I think I should dress like this all the time. You've been getting compliments, right? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a great look for you, Diego. Thank you. All right, we're going to check in with Luke Dobbs. Your telephone call is coming up. I know we fogged your time, but I want to hear what you have to say. 800-848-WABC. Most Nobody's Rush Hour on WABC Talk Radio 77. Stay with us. So perhaps I should leave here. Yeah, go far away. But you know that there's nowhere that I'd rather be than with you here today. Known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Heavenly birthday today from one of the greatest voices in American music. The voice belongs to David Ruffin, lead singer for The Temptations, the original Temptations. Until he was kicked out. But there's that voice. There's only one voice. His brother sounds a little bit like him, Jimmy Ruffin. But there's only one voice in America that sounds like this. That belongs in the world, in the universe. It belongs to David Ruffin. Temptation. Born in 1941. Tempting Temptations on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, I mean, this was a hell of a song even back then. You know, I've learned to do without good looks. You're my girl. 
Also on this day, on W.A. Beatles C, Beatles enter the charts at number 45 in America. Fastest selling single in Capitol Records history. The British Invasion begins 1964 and W.A.B.C. was at the forefront. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Lewis in Florida, you're up first. Nail your point. Yes, I believe the founding fathers would, would, would encourage children to read the Gospels of Jesus Christ because it will transform their hearts to do good and be better citizens. I think the parents of America, uh, people should... Should try to uh, uh, let the parents encourage the parents that this should be done. Be, to try to let me just say this about that. One of the things that the founders were keen on was that the government should not infringe on religious liberty, and that just did not apply to Christians. It applied to everybody's religious freedom. And so there were founders who were devout Christians. There were also some of our founders who were not. But they believed in the concept of religious liberty. And one of the things that has made America one of the great, the greatest nation in the world is that we have at our bedrock religious liberty that you can choose to worship God as you please. And that is important for this United States of America. Thank you for the call, Lewis. Joe, Mount Sinai, you are up next. Joe. Hello, Joe in Mount Sinai. Hello, Susan in upstate New York. How are you? Oh, yes, listen, James, that was a beautiful, powerful, I'm just going to call it a rant, um, on the, um, the miseducation, misopportunities that, and it's so, and for education, and it is so, you know, predominant and dis- disparaged in the, um, you know, the, for minorities, and this should be the civil rights issue. And Donald Trump is the one he's speaking about this. And I think in the general election, he will push that. And he said he's going to break the teachers union. And he also said he's coming to the Bronx. And I think you should be the one to introduce him and be the master of ceremonies. If Donald and- Trump wants me at any time to be in the Bronx with him, I'm there, period. Susan, great idea. Thank you. WABC Talk Radio 77. Uh, it is the Boston Early's Rush Hour here on WABC. And we are headed back to uh, the telephones. Uh, Diego, pick somebody for me. Where are we going next? Let's go to George in Rockland. George, Rockland County, you are up next. What's up and on your mind? All right. Question, Mr. Golden. Okay. Why black women in media, entertainment, and also as a whole, tend to go much more towards the left, much, much more. Listen, why do black people in the mainstream media go to the left? Who runs the media? The mainstream media is run by leftists. There are plenty of black women that are not leftists, but they you will not see them because they are powerful voices, and you will not see them on mainstream media outlets by design of the mainstream media masters. And yes, they're running the show. And that's why those voices are suppressed. But you have breakouts. 
You have breakouts like Dr. Carol Swain. You have breakouts like Candace Owens. You have a lot of breakouts. And there are more and more black women across this country stepping up saying, enough of this nonsense. And eventually, they will be voices that are seen in broader media outlets. Joe in Vermont, I'm going to have to invite you to call tomorrow because time's up. And we got to go. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow at 4 p.m. for the Friday edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour. And on Saturday at 7 a.m. for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Until then, bye.